Drilling fluids touch just about everything in the drilling process. We're here to deconstruct the drilling process and drilling fluid concepts to provide a deeper understanding of our industry. In each episode, we'll share information, talk to interesting people, and maybe share a few stories along the way. Welcome to The Flow Line, a production of AES Drilling Fluids, brought to you by Matt Offenbacher and Justin Gautier. And welcome back to another episode of The Flow Line. I'm here with Matt Offenbacher. Again, folks, it's October. Matt's in here just vibrating with excitement for Game 3. No idea when this will be released, but likely after Game 3. Matt, yes. what's your predictions? Tell us how the playoffs are going real quick. Well, I'm emotionally absent in general, mostly from my frustration that I don't feel like the best roster is out there. Mm-hmm. So the Astros won their first game, laid an egg on the second one. I mean, very good pitching on the other side, like got to hand it to the Twins. But it's like, man, if we play better away than we do at home, maybe there's hope. But everything has to go perfect to win. It's so special that I've been able to enjoy so many playoff games with the Astros because I feel like I spent a lifetime with it not happening. Yeah. So anyways, there's the ups and downs of October. Right. Have you been able to wear your suit late? I wore my suit to the game on Sunday. Right. Um, Which didn't work. Dang. It didn't work. That's too bad. The thing is, I find that when I wear the suit to a night game and I'm walking home on a game where we didn't win and people have been perhaps consuming more (laughs) beverages, I am accosted by older women and it makes me really uncomfortable. (laughs) And so I was somewhat thankful that I managed to dodge most of that. (laughs) So I was actually going to ask you is like, what is the emotion like leaving a stadium with your suit Obviously, when you win, you walk out of there with your chest high. And when you lose, I mean, what's that feel like? I mean, everybody's kind of bummed when they're walking out, right? I mean, these days, just complain about Dusty Baker the whole time on the walk back to the house. But yeah, the thing about wearing the suit is it makes people happy. Yeah, Like that's what I've learned is that like being goofy or whatever, because I'm not that kind of guy really. Yeah. Before the game, normally at a big game, kids will want to get their picture taken with you before the game. Yeah. Like in the concourse, if you stop, like people are like, hey, can I get a picture with you? And it's usually like kids and stuff. They think it's really funny and cool that like a grown adult is doing this. Yeah. And then like, <laughs> I get a bunch of guys who are like, I dream to have that someday. It's just really fun. And then certainly when they win, you just walk down the street, everybody's high-fiving you on Main or whatever. You go to hit the bars after a good win. And yeah, it's really fun. I love uh, that whole that perspective. Thing. When you get home and you take it off, do you hang it up? Do you bring it to the dry cleaners? Do you throw it in the wash? Like, what does that look like? So the jacket is dry clean only. Okay. I've only worn it in pretty cold weather, so I haven't really sweated it much. I probably need to get to the dry cleaners given, you know, <laughs> we're a few years in. Okay. But yeah, I mean, the pants, you can wash them or whatever, but it's kind of funny to have that. People don't wear suits a lot anymore. So I've got like the black suit for weddings and funerals and then the Astro suit and then like the remainder of my clothes hanging up in the closet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. Well, we got a big one coming up today at three. So that's probably going to be a huge distraction, but not for us in our office. We'll be working hard. Yeah. And then we'll watch the replays tonight. Something like that. When everyone's done work, but nonetheless, it's fun. It's exciting. I clearly am not as huge a fan as you are. When I was watching the game Saturday intermittently, I didn't realize that Correa was on Minnesota. So seeing him swing a bat in a Minnesota jersey was kind of interesting. But nonetheless, everyone's cheering for the Astros. So go Astros. Hopefully when this airs, we'll be moving on to the next round. Yeah. With that said, back to drilling fluids. That's what we do here at AES. Talking about lubricants, Matt. I know we've had some episodes talking about lubricants, but one of the gentlemen we work with brought an idea to you to talk about diesel as a lubricant. And when someone says, well, let's add a lubricant, 
most of the time people aren't coming to the table asking, hey, why don't we just add diesel? Normally it's this lube or that lube or whatever lube. But the reality is, is can diesel be a lubricant? And if so, let's talk about why and how we apply it. Yeah, well, and I think there's some clarification here just because sometimes people are like, oh, we have to add some diesel with the lubricant. Or, I mean, especially old school folks are like, ah, get the max you can within whatever regulations will allow, like Mm got to have a little in there. And one of the things of kind of running through this is there's what was true then and what's true now, along with just science facts. Yeah. People want to throw in diesel or I'm not a fan of this and I am unaware of what regulations say about adding like crude oil. Crude oil is a bit weird because you can drill into crude oil just as much as you could intentionally add it. Right. But crude oil has some nasty stuff in it too and so on and so forth. But I've heard of people saying, oh, we're going to throw a little in there. And the idea is it's cheap. So keep in mind diesel droplets when we talk about direct emulsion. So diesel is going to be in the non-continuous phase. So those droplets are going to be dispersed. We're talking about water-based muds here, right? So in the aqua, like you've got water and you have these little diesel droplets and they've got some surface tension. They may actually kind of emulsify, especially if you add like lignite, lignosulfonate, there's organic acids there that sort of stabilize, actually creates a soap. You actually are creating a soap surfactant, right? So The point of that is it's a dispersion and it's not in the continuous phase, which means you're kind of limited out on how much of a difference it's going to make in the first place. This is where people are like, man, why don't I get 30% by volume? We've talked about direct emulsions. Why don't I get way better lubricity than 5 or 10% diesel? The reason is because it's in the non-continuous phase, so there's only so many droplets in this dispersion that are going to do anything anyways, versus oil-based mud where it's in the continuous phase. But that's sort of the nature of could diesel act as a lubricant? Kind of. We also have lubricants in general. What do they do? They sort of form a film between two surfaces to lower the coefficient of friction. We try and dumb it down a lot. But diesel can provide lubricity in a few different ways. And I think one that people don't think about a lot is those little oil droplets. You know how in oil-based mud, we talk about how the water droplets actually help tighten the filter cake and lower fluid loss? Mm -hmm. Well, those oil droplets have surface tension and they can do the same thing. They can actually help slick up the wellbore by providing better filter cake better sealing. And we see this in direct emulsion stuff all the time where the fluid loss is way lower than just clear brine. So there's that sort of mentioned creating that film or that oil wetting film on surfaces. So diesel can do some filming. However, one thing that's changed, the game is always changing. Mm -hmm. Sulfur compounds are a big part of that. Okay. But what are we doing with a lot of diesel fuels these days? Trying to clean them up. Trying to clean them up. So we're taking out the sulfur we're taking out polyaromatics and polar compounds to meet some of those requirements. What you're actually finding is some of those lubricious effects are actually diminished relative to what they used to be. Okay. And when I was doing some background on this, I thought it was kind of interesting. There were a lot of people talking about the lubricity of diesel in an engine and how there's been more wear issues. Like older engines didn't have the same wear issues when they went low sulfur. They had to deal with more of these kinds of breakdowns and addressing that with proper lubricating oils because diesel wasn't enough. Diesel's arguably never been enough, but it was even less so, which I think is kind of interesting because you know how we talk about how folks like swear by certain things Mm -hmm. and they continue to swear by it, even though like the rules changed, people have to pump sweeps in a well where you can pump 600 GPMs and small hole. Like you don't need them, but the rig changed, the well profile changed, everything changed, but we still got to do it. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So I think there's an adherence to that. Interesting. No, that's interesting to talk about. And now kind of thinking back when 
we were drilling for an operator up in the midcon, we ended up getting to a point where it was just standard that we'd increase the diesel content to 5%. We would add our sulfonated asphalt and our fluid loss reducing agents and all the rest of it. Man, it was a very robust and it actually did help with trips, sliding. Again, if you were to ask me to present the data today, I couldn't. But from the operator's feedback, it was like, hey, when we add this and this and this along with the diesel, we find that it gives us much better performance. So kind of looking at it, that's my only experience of it. And it was in a water-based mud in an intermediate section. And we'd swap over to just straight water and like a conventional lubricant for the lateral. But yeah, it seemed to have helped. And I remember being offshore on a jackup, we would add 4% synthetic oil to a water-based mud. Mm -hmm. I would imagine for similar-ish reasons, maybe more so for wellbore stability or to help tighten with the fluid loss. Is that kind of the same idea there or... I mean, synthetic oils, I'm sure it came from the same mindset, but synthetic oils are kind of interesting because there's like no polar compounds. Like there's even less benefit. The one thing you do get is some viscosity from the base oil, which will facilitate lubricity. But guess what? Your lubricant probably has an oil carrier in it anyways. So I'm not quite sure it's making much of a difference. But my general suspicion is that's where they got that from. And then they read the tea leaves and decided that it worked. (laughs) But base oils can help a little bit, and diesel in particular, given sort of the randomness of some of its structure, can especially make a difference in some ways. But commercial lubricants, besides the fact that they've come a long way, they're designed for this. So they're designed to create a film. It's not a byproduct of what happens when you add diesel along with other things. And they're optimized to impart lubricity. They're optimized to stick to steel. They don't just happen to do it. They're functionally designed to do it. Mm-hmm. I think that's important to keep in mind. With respect to generally, you look at the lab data and yes, diesel's lubricious. It's just not as lubricious. So if you want to get maximum weight on bit, if you want the greatest torque reduction through fluid additions, diesel alone isn't going to get it done. Like you said, if you need a little pick me up, there's certainly materials in diesel that should make a difference. And then, of course, I think there's another part where it's like, oh, well, if a lubricant is good, a lubricant and diesel is better. (laughs) And generally what we find is I have seen certain chemistries where you do see some sort of, I hate the word synergy, but something's working together where you're getting some emulsification and additional oil wetting by having the lubricant with a base oil of some kind. But there is a risk. We've seen plenty of it where diesel made zero difference, but you had a lubricant, so you saw torque go down anyways. And a lot of people are like, who cares? It's not that much, doesn't hurt. If I have a choice, I'm going to do it rather than not for fear of missing out on the wonderful lubricious benefits of a little bit of diesel. But the other thing I've seen is if you have surfactant chemistry that wants to oil wet pipe and all those kinds of things, and it starts interacting with this diesel, there's a risk, especially in solids-laden mud, where you're actually going to have it create an affinity for those solids. So you may actually increase the chance of greasing or some other issue that you didn't really want because you added something that made the lubricant perform worse. We've had a few folks who say that Uintate or Gilsonite helps. And the problem is Gilsonite's oil wet and it wants to cause agglomeration. It wants to cause screen blinding. Like these lubricants want to wet adhere to things that have oil on them. And hopefully that thing is metal pipe. If you give it something else like a shaker screen, then you can find yourself in a bind. It's the same reason that if you do have screen blinding with a lubricant, what do you do? You want diesel in the wash gun, right? right? Or base oil or whatever. And that's another mess in and of its own right. So I would say that the combination of these things 
can be beneficial, but it is not always beneficial and sometimes detrimental. And that goes back to the environment you're running in beyond just like whether it's brine or solids laden mud, but even the pH you're running at, how much calcium you have, just different things like that. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Again, it's not often that we add it, but again, from my experience, I've been on wells that we have, it's somewhat worked from what I gather, but I appreciate you breaking that down because I think a lot of people have probably been in a situation where it's like, should we add diesel? And at least now you have a little bit more information to help make that decision. But with that said, Matt, again, thanks for breaking that down. For the listeners out there, if you have any questions, thoughts, or if you've been on wells where you've added diesel and it's just like flip the world upside down and your ROP and torque and drag have just fallen off and increased your ROP, well then, yeah, it'd be cool to hear about it. Matt, any sort of closing last words or thoughts around diesel as a lubricant? I think I just, like at many things, I try and separate the history and the traditions of the past and understand the why for today. Yeah. I think here you can see some of the history, especially in vertical holes, like 80s, 90s, the people that taught us everything would swear by this. And so I think that diesel's probably given more credit than it deserves. Mm. There's something there. So if you need a little bit of something, it could make a difference. But commercial lubricants are still going to outperform. Yes, they cost more, but there's a reason they cost more is they have chemistries in them that require engineering and manufacturing technology to get you something better than something that you can just pull off a tank at the yard. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Well, with that said, everyone, really appreciate you listening. Share this. Make sure you leave a review. Connect with us on LinkedIn. Make sure you connect with the AES Drilling Fluids LinkedIn page. We're constantly putting out good content out there, both educational, entertainment, and that's where a lot of the, or actually each week we release the episode via LinkedIn. And with all that, again, we really appreciate it. Go Astros. Be safe. Until next week. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Thanks for listening. Please tune in next week for another exciting episode of The Flow Line. And remember, may your returns always be full and your trips always smooth. Views expressed in this program belong to participants and not their employees. The program is for informational purposes only and cannot take the place of seeking professional advice. Copyright AES Drilling Fluids.